welcome to this week. Oh, clapping. Yeah, that seemed like a thing to do. That was like an actual round of applause Started a for everybody. Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who couldn't see. Yeah. Um, who couldn't see, yeah. <laughs> meaning everybody, because this is a podcast. <laughs> <Unless> audio medium. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, if I do it, like, right, then, like, maybe there's, like, a directional component oh, to the yeah. audio. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome you to Finding My Young, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. Uh, today, we have Caitlin Warehouser on, who is hysterical. She's so funny. Oh, my God. What a treat and a gem. Um, she is a comedian with an amazing <laughs> past who's just so vulnerable and open and also just the funniest person yeah and i'm not, not saying that just because she's a guest on this podcast because like it was a delight it, it was, was so funny uh, yeah. you were using the word delight yeah and i am you so yeah, happy. it happens um yeah and uh so she has tour dates coming up as well uh they will be at um in austin for pride mm-hmm. and then um check them out on uh at uncle kate on social media mm-hmm. for other upcoming tour dates because they're performing everywhere um yeah, but what I wanted to talk about particularly that came up this week was um, I went to a bachelorette party and I was having a really interesting conversation with um, the sister of the bride mm-hmm. who has a daughter. And we were talking about the idea of virginity and that that word isn't going to exist in her household. And I was like, that's fascinating. And she was like, because... My daughter's identity shouldn't shift or be anywhere measured around this idea of being penetrated by a penis or whatever you consider, I suppose, virginity. Although, like, I think penetration is, like, religiously and sort of historically considered. considered Yeah, because the hymen is supposed to break and you're supposed to bleed and, and, and that's supposed to be the signature or whatever. And I was like, that's so fucking fascinating because I remember I didn't lose my quote unquote virginity until I was 23. Wow. (laughs) I forgot. Um, But it was such a big thing. Like it was a focal point for right. me. Sure. I mean, I so many uh, comedies, high school comedies focus yeah. around that as a plot point. Like it is like this cultural thing that is like before it, you're something and then after that you're, you're something sub- else. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And this transition, which is so bizarre. And it is like specifically for, I mean, for men too, but as I am a female, like identifying as something different because like I have had something inside of me or that you've put in put in you've put your genitalia inside someone else like that is so nuts it is pretty ridiculous that is ridiculous there's no other like there's no other concept that fits along those lines it's not like oh he finally shook his first hand so now he is you know something whatever yeah and it does feel like very like patriarchy like it is like a way for women to define themselves I feel like by men as well as men to define themselves by women but I feel like the act of having something inside of you is also just a different experience as well I mean sure yeah yeah yeah, I think that that's fair I think I actually had a conversation similar to this years ago with um with a friend who was saying that she uh doesn't and and I think there's a lot of truth to this around the idea of like losing your virginity like it it was like women versus men women lose their virginity and men take their virginity I was like that's not true like men lose their virginity too but it is like this idea that you lose part of yourself um, right which is uh, and oh man embedded within that I think is so uh, crazy 
And the idea that like we do put this up on such a pedestal and like, yes, should it be something if you do it before you're ready, I do think it's absolutely traumatizing and it, it can create issues. But also like it's a natural thing to do Like our bodies like want to be touched and caressed and like right. communicate in that way with other bodies. Yeah. And, you know, I think by putting that like gate uh, there, it's it's because after almost everyone's like, yeah, it's very natural. It's part of, right. part of being an adult, whatever. But it's like, but we don't tell you that until after yeah, you've until done you this like big get thing, through the threshold. And then it's like, and then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was so fascinating. I was like, yeah, fuck that term. I'm not using that, that term anymore. Like that word can get out of my vocabulary. Sure. Happily. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Just something that came up. But uh, Kaylin is phenomenal you guys are gonna literally laugh out mm-hmm. loud mm-hmm. and feel so tickled and just seen and heard and all of her beautiful stories are super impactful and meaningful and i just had the best time yeah make sure that uh you go see kate yeah, yeah. all right yay i'm feeling yummy head to toe you see me ain't got no patience so let's go Yay! We have Caitlin Warehouser here. She is amazing. Uh, Comedian extraordinaire. I saw you performing at Bar Lubitsch and stalked you afterwards. I love it. I was like, come on to podcast. I love what you did. Um, Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you've been traveling a lot. You were just on Colbert. Yeah. (gasps) How was that? It was so weird. (laughs) (laughs) They um, they do this thing where they were... They tape the comedians. So oh. there were six of us taping our sets. How long was the set? It's like five minutes. Okay. And so they run it like a show. And they record on a Friday when they're not recording the show show. Yeah. And so the audience that comes, and it was packed, sold out, is there to watch comedy. And so it makes like an incredible, like, like incredible yeah. time. Uh, and I was very happy and lucky to be there, like with other friends, like Shane Torres and Candace Thompson were there too, cool. uh, and Kate Willett, and like that was so great. And we drove that crew bananas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at one point, we were like one flight up above a crew member, like going down the stairs, because like some of the green rooms were on the base floor. It's New York, so everything's up. You know what I mean? It's not spread out. Yeah, everything's up. So like half the green rooms were on the sixth floor. Me and Candace had one like on the ground floor, and we we're like. A flight up and this crew member is just exasperated just done and he literally is my favorite thing that happened the entire weekend I'm just being like no I don't know where any of them are they've scattered (laughs) (laughs) and then 20 minutes later it was who let them outside (laughs) so we were like smoking cigarettes oh we made them work so hard (laughs) but we had an incredible time and then so yeah they record us all in a batch and then we air as oh, TV magic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we air throughout the summer. And oh, we do cool. like the false intro of like, got it. <laughs> and then the comedian goes, oh, how plug fun. it in. Yeah. When's your episode? Do you we know? don't know. You don't know uh, yet. Cool. <laughs> they promise sometime throughout the summer. So we're waiting. Hoping. That's so exciting. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I was super excited to talk to you because of the set I heard. And like, um, I just think your journey is amazing. Like what you've <sighs> shared so far. And like, uh, as a non-binary person, mm-hmm. like just even navigating the comedic world and mm-hmm. like finding your voice and being so comfortable speaking about your experience in such a fun and inviting way that I think like be- makes it a shared experience of, you know, like it just normalizes something oh, that's, so. yeah, but it, but it was, it was beautiful. It was funny. It was like, 
I tugged at my heartstrings. Like I just like I felt all the things. So, yeah, I'd love to dive into, you know, um, I start anywhere. Like I, I used you grew up in Oregon, right? I did grow up in Oregon. Okay. Uh, I moved away when I was 21. I lived in Anaheim for a minute. It went terrible. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> only Disney's in Anaheim and yeah. like amazing, and but nothing else. It's cuter now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in 2003, I think when I moved there, uh, I lived in an apartment complex like that butted up against the parking lot of Disneyland <laughs> and my car was stolen within three <gasps> weeks. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> I was just like a baby little idiot 21 year old. <laughs> and so I tried to get a job in like East Los Angeles with this like tattoo thing and that didn't go good. It didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, I like bought a lemon car off somebody. Anyway, uh, I moved to Vegas. I lived in Vegas for seven years. Okay. And then I lived in Portland for like a very short stint. Just like I... I don't know if you can still be persecuted for this or prosecuted for this, but um, I took a little bit of fun employment and <laughs> <laughs> went to Portland and, <laughs> and, and then kind of got back on track and moved to San Francisco and like continued this kind of like fledgling baby career in tech and IT. And I was like project management, oh, okay. implementation, training, uh, instructional design, whatever. And then I had a whole breakdown. I don't know if you've turned 30 yet, but <laughs> okay. I'm 29 and uh, then it's in process. It. <laughs> it's, it's already happening. It's yeah. like slow bleep pieces of the world are just falling off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a whole breakdown. Uh, mm-hmm. I also lost my little sister. That was a big part of it. Sure. Of, yeah, that's uh, somebody just said this to me today. They're like, oh, you did a control delete. And I was like, oh, that is exactly it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Rage quit my job at 11 p.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a salary job. You are not supposed to do that. Uh, <laughs> and then I packed all my stuff and moved to Portland and started doing stand-up at the recommendation of a grief therapist that I was seeing at the time. Oh, amazing. She thought it would be good for me as I was weeping on the couch uh, telling her <laughs> how sad I was. My sister was gone. She was like, have you tried stand <laughs> Could you stay on topic? <laughs> Paying a lot of money. <laughs> but it planted those seeds and I kind of fell in love with the idea and did, I think, the most like whimsical thing I've ever done in my life. And I've had some radical moves, but this was like, yeah. whoa, baby radical. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I dropped out of that and started working at like rock clubs and strippy clubs and doing coat check and taking tickets and yard work, whatever I could do. Mm-hmm. And started stand up in Portland. So I was Amazing. in Portland for five years and I've been here since uh, in LA since like October, September, October. Amazing. Yeah. And in terms of like when, like in terms of your upbringing and mm. so you had, you think you said you had two biological sisters or two biological siblings, yeah, siblings yeah. and then two step. step. Absolutely. Um, and, and like your family, unit like we were talking about how when when you were growing up and when I was growing up there were two modalities there was like straight and gay and Mm. then that was it very much and there wasn't like a lot of other options yeah the idea or the concept of there being like a spectrum yeah is such a new concept Mm -hmm. and there's part of me that like absolutely loves how quickly parts of our society have like adopted that and uh, normalize that mm-hmm. it's like oh it's a spectrum yeah of course it's a spectrum it's a spectrum sexuality spectrum everything but that wasn't the case right. for so long yeah like I like my identifiers are queer and non-binary mm-hmm. and as a kid I very 
aggressively played <laughs> smear the queer you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah, black t- yeah, yeah yeah in yeah. the street <laughs> okay yeah yeah yeah, Toss yeah the football tackle the yeah mm-hmm. uh <laughs> that wasn't a word that we used as an identifier that sure. was derogatory it was super yes yeah so I just remember, like not to interrupt but i just i've always it's always been stuck in my mind like in 2004 2005 i'm from Kentucky, I went to the University of Kentucky. Oui. We had oui. uh, <laughs> we had a Kentucky <laughs> basketball team, and I remember like the whole crowd would chant at one of the opposing players, like Walsh is gay. Like that was yeah. like oh, that was the what thing. a singer. Yeah. And, and right, <laughs> what a singer. Right. Yep. And like and now even like still being from Kentucky, no one there would can think to do you that. Imagine? It was like, can why would it just? I don't know. They yell at locker room cell, but you oh know yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I'm no, sure. they did that at my like school too. Like I remember, chant. like they, they would call this guy like fish, and then they would call him gay. Like that yes. was like a big like oh, hurling yeah. and insult, which is horrific. I hope yeah. children don't do that. One of my uh, favorite, and by favorite I mean detested uh, parts <laughs> of, um, like living and existing in like the stand up life yeah. or community whatever community. you want to call mm-hmm. it yeah is very well-meaning straight guys <laughs> who very mm-hmm. much want to connect and to be friends like they're, they're very very well-intentioned but by offering up things like oh you know i i get it because you know i was called gay in uh, in high school do you know the difference <laughs> but <laughs> do you not hear it at all <laughs> Right. Do like, you know that the thing that I am was used as a derogatory <laughs> term? <laughs> you don't hear that at all when you say it out yeah. loud. Okay, that's yeah. wild. Is it like it's resonating like, as you're, you're not, like speaking the word? You're like, no, 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 I get it. I was called gay too. But you're straight? Yeah, yeah, super straight. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's your name? Is it Jeremy? Can you imagine if the term Jeremy <laughs> yeah, was just a derogatory <laughs> term? <laughs> We're like, what a fucking Jeremy. <laughs> That is. And then me being like, <laughs> I was called a Jeremy once too. He's like, I am Jeremy. Well, okay. See how it's different? Yeah. <laughs> like, do it you get it? Different. Do you get it, it now? It's different. <laughs> so I love that you think you do. Yeah. Sure. Continue down the path, sweetheart. Just keep going. Yeah. That's the thing. They are well intentioned. It's not malicious. It's just, you got halfway there. Yeah. Okay. You're so close. <laughs> oh, you're so close. Well, right. Yeah. And we talked about how, like, there's not a lot of, um, like figures before that have come before that are non-binary or even more butch comedians, you know, that are paving this way for you to emerge. Looking back, like I remember now because I didn't think about it for so long because I didn't consider stand up until I was 30. Right. Like it didn't ever come like it Things aren't for me. And that's part of lack of representation as well Mm. is that I've been conditioned Uh and socialized and say that things aren't for me. And the best that I can do is uh, normalize and to be mainstream and at least be accepted for being the same as everyone else. But the reality of that is that it diminishes and it takes away from from you or from anyone, from myself. It it chunks away from you that it's not we're not all the same everyone is different what part of the dr seuss (laughs) like (laughs) bibliography or what you know what i mean like what's the call when like the whole portfolio yes exactly yes Mm -hmm. that we like miss of like some people have star bellies and some people don't and that's awesome (laughs) like people are different uh, and different ain't bad yeah Um, but 
part of that is like lack of representation. There was nothing that I saw. Right, everything was homogenous. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the best thing that you could aspire to was normalization and homog- homogenizing. Looking back and remembering, oh, do you know who I watched? Their comedy specials like on repeat. That was one thing, like, with a lot of siblings growing up, is that any time that I could get control of the remote, I'd be like, Comedy Central. Like, I don't even care what's on. I just want to see. Because it's funny. What is better than funny? Yeah. Nothing is Nothing. better than funny. No. But I watched Paula Poundstone <laughs> and, like, Ellen DeGeneres mm-hmm. specials. Uh, like, on, they, yeah. they were delightful. And it was the heyday, like, early 90s of, like, repeat of that. Because they were like, well, it's all dudes. But yeah, we got these. Listen, we got two ladies. Yeah, (laughs) right. Um, And that was the closest thing to yeah representation that I had. And representation is something that like I um, like ruminate on and write about, but only for my own kind of like processing. Yeah, I write to process, and representation comes up so often for myself in navigating as a full grown adult. Sure. What choices I make and how I view the world. And a lot of that mm-hmm. is things aren't for me. Why? Because I've never been represented in these places. So people like Hannah Gatsby. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's so funny when you were doing your special, I was like, Oh my God, she, you remind me so mm. much of Hannah Gatsby. Like, and I get it a lot. And talk- I'm honored. I mean, she's phenomenal. Yeah. And she has such a great I balance. Like I was describing a view of like this, drop of vulnerability and truth and like speaking on an like an experience that is visceral and meaningful and painful in like uh, both a painful and dramatic way but also this lovely levity of like this is the human experience and now I can share it with you and bring you into it so that it's no longer just mine we that's what now. I hope for yeah. every time yeah. it's like let's make it fun yeah. I'd want to make it fun. It's not going to be less real. It's not going to be less true. But, you know, I can make it fun. So in terms of like finding your own identity, what what was that journey like? And how, how did you come to the place that you are where, you know, you realized that I think that's such a poignant thing to say of like, this isn't for me. And I, mm. I haven't quite heard somebody, especially on this podcast, say it quite like that of like, yeah, these things just aren't for me. There's like an audacity that comes with stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. There's just this like gross, unchecked sense of entitlement that goes <laughs> hand in hand with having, again, the audacity <laughs> to go up in front of, especially when you're first starting out, uh, a, a room full of people. I mean, if you're so blessed. Yeah, right. <laughs> but usually... <laughs> Four or eight bar stragglers. Yeah. And being like, or like other comedians. <laughs> to me, you didn't know this was happening. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise, it's comedy. <laughs> there is that like audacity, there's that sense of entitlement. Um, and like not to be like too astrology into it. I'm a Virgo, so I'm, it is illegal for me to believe in astrology. Uh, but <laughs> I do, I do, I'm Leo ascending. Uh, so I do have like, um, like a sense of self that's very comfortable. Like I am Mm -hmm. very comfortable with myself and it's taken me a long time to get there. But, um, that journey, like not only for my own identification, but also my like comfort and stand up went very much hand in hand. Mm. Whereas before, like, so growing up, there was absolutely the, the one or the other. It is you are straight or you are something the fuck else. Like you, yeah, probably, not a, not good right Sin. Uh, so, yeah absolutely Sinful. and mm. just negative and probably criminal in some kind of way <laughs> um sure and yeah you're doing the wrong thing yeah mm-hmm. yeah and people break their arms patting themselves on the back for uh, allowing me to exist 
Oof, yeah. There's something to be said too of for my exact age, um, and I know it's been tremendously harder for people that are elder, and not necessarily easier for people that are younger, but just in a different path. Sure. Is that within my lifetime of like adolescence to early adulthood to adulthood, is that we have done this incredible adoption of language and terminology, mm-hmm. and as we have done that, I have been able to find myself in those terms like forever uh I've known who I am but there wasn't a word for it Mm -hmm. so like growing up as a little as a little kid I was the weirdest tomboy you have ever met but a pile of fun you (laughs) were saying (laughs) very calm like just a weird little kid we lost our mom when I was really little and that made me more introverted and Mm -hmm. more like concerned with other people what they would think and I became very shy but uh, because my dad was raising us by by himself for a number of years in my early uh, childhood, we leaned on the church family to mm-hmm. help us a lot. And I was kind of um, like lovingly embraced by a lot of church families. So that like uh, upped my confidence okay. and also my like mute ability uh, to be in someone else's home with a whole other mess of kids who I know and love and consider like closest cousins. Right. You know what I mean? But also that, like, be uh, accommodating and be, right. like, whatever the normal is. Like, I became very good at adapting. Was, was, uh, what was the lessons that you were learning in terms of sex and sexuality? If it was... Church wasn't... Yeah. I was raised real fundamental Baptist. Okay. And that was a church that oh, we belonged to. Oh, wow. real fundy Baptist. Yeah. Oh, I boy. really still love the songs. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll listen to them <laughs> i'm going on a trip uh tomorrow with amy miller she was also she has like a christian upbringing christian background and i will absolutely play <laughs> oh some good old ones they'll broke cross and do lord oh we're getting into it it's fun i like it Why yeah. makes us i'm from kentucky yeah yeah, yeah, it, like, yeah it feels like home yeah. alan jackson has that album that's like our entire like church repertoire <laughs> like it's every song we sang and he made a whole album yeah. um so i like that uh so the education there was there is you know a man and a wife and the highest aspiration you can have as a tiny person socialized as a female Mm -hmm. is to be a good wife and a good soldier for christ and this is your role is to be accommodating and be a good sidekick yeah and that's like that sidekick mentality i think poisons so much of what we bring with us into our adulthood absolutely um yeah like it's we're never get to be the superheroes of our own thing mm-hmm. if you're socialized or identified in any way as a woman you are well you could be a really dope sidekick yeah but you're not i mean yeah ugh, you really have to dispel with like polite society you have to reject all social niceties to claim your own successor to claim your own path and do anything and that it's so upside down it feels so wrong to yeah. do it um so yeah the church education was not good uh <laughs> like we were we were Limiting. reminded a lot a lot about the lady that got turned into salt you know what i mean <laughs> do what you're told <laughs> like, sure turn into salt right. like really well and eve <laughs> fucked everything oh, up for yeah, everybody really I mean, she's like the real made a like menta point yeah, yeah good okay. fucking lord like she did it all so it's all our how fault how convenient of a story yeah you know what's funny i gr- i'm jewish and um that's super a- funny <laughs> you, know you know what the punchline of a joke is i'm a jew um <laughs> but i like 
as I was growing up, like even I, this dawned on me a couple of years ago. I like separated the Old Testament and the New Testament, but also right? took out Adam and Eve. Okay. And so I was like, oh, that's not a Jewish thing. That's a Christian thing. And like Completely. didn't even put it because like, you know, in Judaism, like you don't come out as like a sinner. Like you're not right. repenting for your sins the immediately. Absence of heaven and hell like yeah, yeah. is yeah yeah and so but but as i realized like a couple years ago i was like oh but that's like our book like <laughs> that was like our main thing and uh like oh we claimed that first <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> it's like a big deal yeah. and i was like oh shit yeah that's definitely embedded within like you know, my religion too and i just like was it's like, like indoctrinated mm. into you yeah yeah um my dad um my, I have a stepmom and uh, she and my dad got together when I was 20 and she's very, 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 very important person in my life. My absolute like hero and icon and everything. I just worship everything she does. She is uh, unapologetically a feminist activist way back her entire life. Mm. She's going to be, uh, what, she's like 69, 70. She's 70 now. Mm. Uh, she's been a really, really active um, rabble rouser and political activist um, and she and I have these couple things in common, which I think is very cool in kind of a kid parent relationship. Like she never had kids. Oh she yeah. She married into a family that had kids. Got it. Um, and we talk, my favorite conversations with her sometimes are talking about getting the like trappings and crumbs out of our brains mm -hmm. of how we are socialized and yeah. how society deems us to act. Uh, she's one of my biggest and most ferocious allies in the world yeah <laughs> like she she gets it she loves it. yeah tremendous um tremendous parent to have uh but yeah we talk regularly about oh and i love this i get to call her and be like oh i got i got tripped up i got fucked up <laughs> it got me today it got me <laughs> i found myself doing the thing that yeah. like i have no business doing like accommodating in a way that's harmful to myself right not like just politeness and basic human decency of like no no no. i put myself in a place that i didn't want to be readily did not want to be because it, i felt like it was expected yeah. in some kind of way because i was socialized as people for my, my acting teacher who i absolutely love i've talked about her a couple of times her name um is cynthia and she talks a lot in class about even in scene work like not at the expense of self like yes. i will do this not Wolf. at the expense Wolf. of self and then you leave when yeah. it is at the expense of self you leave and i feel like that's been like especially with like my last relationship and like the impetus for this podcast and just yes. growing as a human in general is like not at the expense of my well-being it's radical my, yeah it, it is it is radical because yeah. like i think uh, like even socialized and taught from my parents of like because they're in this modality of like yeah. yes you do things for other people and you are there to serve other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's lines to differentiate. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Um, so in terms of the identity, like once the terms became identified that you grabbed onto, like what, what was, what was that process? Cause I imagine that like that was liberating to then all of a sudden have a term that other people acknowledge that felt yeah. very right within yourself um, two parts to that. One, like I think it's important to say very loud and out and proud that my identity has changed, and I think that sure. we don't make enough allowances for people to evolve and change and have different identities throughout yes, their lives. I appreciate that. And mm -hmm. God bless every single person who has a, a static I 
had static identifiers. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. For some of us, it is different, and it doesn't mean it's inauthentic. So, like, I first came out as, like, bi, but only kind of, like, (laughs) low-key. And it was, like, very grudging, self-hating, internalized homophobia, crushes on girls. Mm. And then, like, my late teens started, like, testing the water, dipping a toe into, like, I think I'm bi. Like, let's see. Yeah, sure. And then it was like gay, lesbian, not lesbian, queer. Is that we can use that now? And it was very it's still a little bit like wild to use the term because it's not generally accepted. I was And what does that term mean to to you? um, Very similar to pansexuality or and bisexuality. Mm -hmm. But to me, because my gender is not uh, binary, Mm -hmm. um, I feel very much outside of kind of a heteronormative culture and a heteronormative society so that yes there's a little asterisk and in 10 years that identifier might not be the one that that i use or that anyone uses anymore but for me it was um very very much the way that a tuning fork hits a note and you it it rings clear as fuck that was so cool When I saw other people, and it is really a big part of like my relationship with social media hmm. and like Tumblr and Instagram and these like platforms, and even before that, like Live Journal and stuff, where people are like, um, Hi, <laughs> I think I'm this. Can we use this word now? And like, yeah, there being kind of an acceptance and opening a dialogue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when the identifier of queer kind of came into m- my realization, this is in my 20s. Uh, late 20s even was like that is exactly for me that that makes perfect sense is that I do um, because my gender is not what has been I, not only what I've been socialized but what the two options are yeah. and like I have a joke about like penciling in my own yeah <laughs> right, like, right, right. you gotta write it in but it's worth it <laughs> uh, <laughs> I get it yeah. yeah once I see it they're like yeah I get it PE teacher got you yeah go go go, go. <laughs> uh, so I do feel like because my gender does ha- intersect with my sexuality and I think that is something that does get overly conflated is like oh yeah. you're gender presenting is but you're definitely gay well Gay, but not a purist. Sure. <laughs> Real sampler pattern. Yeah. So for queer to me is that I have dated and I am, I find myself attracted to people of every um, like point on a spectrum. Got it. Both for gender and for sexuality. Okay. Unapologetically and sometimes regrettably <laughs> still <laughs> will find myself in the midst of like straight people and feeling genuine attraction and not in like a healthier, uh, to- uh, not an unhealthy or toxic way. Sure. Uh, but also on every uh, aspect of like uh, our trans brothers and sisters and other non binary people. So to me, queer is just open. Got it. Very picky. Uh, <laughs> it's more me. <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, I don't like people. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they're the worst. So it is that intersection. It's like kissing cousin. That's not the right word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where gender does factor into sexuality. For Got me. it. Yeah. And then um, we were talking about asexuality. Yes. And demisexuality. Yes. And this is these are the newest ones for me to like learn and adopt and understand that. Oh yeah, this is a big part of me. So I dated and but. <laughs> Uh, you can say that word. Aggressively. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. Wildly <laughs> in my 20s. I really. 
the I feel world like is my ashtray moment like <laughs> just we don't I would fuck hate aggressively like yeah. it's so it's great i got into and BDS. terrible yeah everything it's like all in one yeah you and got I into bdsm it. i'm yes. so this is my next mm, mm, thing mm, that good, i really want to do and i'm bringing on like lots of people now that are into like specific parts of it because yeah. i'm like what are you doing what are you doing because yeah. there's all why there's do you like it yes. and what part does like what, makes your little brain light up yeah 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 it's so fascinating so you dabbled within yeah uh i got into like a bdsm uh relationship and relationships and a community and i so many people uh there was one part this is the best way that i could like encapsulate it uh i have a very very close friend of mine his his daddy was a pastor of our church growing up Mm -hmm. so he's known me since i was in my mom like (laughs) he changed my diapers like he is family as family as can be without being blood yeah and he's one that got away from the church as well that had this kind of like atheist awakening whatever and he bless his heart tends to fixate on it a little bit um, but one of the questions as we kind of reconnected in our adult life was how many people do, cause he knows that like I had, I have this history and like, uh, proclivity. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how many people do you think you've had sex with? And I was like, Oh, I did not know we were supposed to keep track. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? And I felt like a fifth grader on the, on the school bus being like, what math homework? <laughs> <laughs> what? You know what's funny? I, I used have to no like, earthly idea. I used to be proud of like how low <laughs> my number was oh. and like isn't that track. some toxic shit? It's though? so toxic. Oh. There was even this like I uh, there was a movie called What's Your Number? Yes, with, um, that is so. Gross. I can't even. What is her name? Is Chris Evans and from Mom? Uh, oh yeah 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 yeah. You That's know, exactly what you're about. we'll come back around. Anyways, but <laughs> yeah, I remember like she didn't want to get to 20 or 21, over 21 or something like that. And I oh, was thinking was about that school. now and I was like, Jesus Christ, that feels very low. Can like, you imagine? No. I mean, I like honestly, I'm not even there yet, but I like <laughs> if I settled down before getting there, I just feel like I've missed out on something. Like yeah. there's something I that like I like learn about I, myself. Yeah. And every I'm like, time I, I haven't seen all, there's so many different bodies out there that I haven't seen. And like, so many techniques they think they yeah. know. Oh, oh so yeah. a lot of theories. I'll yeah. say there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of theories floating around here. Yeah, and a lot of like people who are into like different stuff or like people have I don't know, a lot of ideas. There's a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, to try. <laughs> to quote Amy Miller, one of my favorite people in the whole world. People make a lot of choices. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, 20, that was a high school. <laughs> yeah. And but there was shame around having more. And I was like Utterly. Why? I think I experienced a weird f- feeling of sexual freedom because I was acutely aware that I was flying under acceptable radars. Mm. So I felt my comfort in exploring sexually because I knew it was so taboo because it wasn't acceptable. And in my teenage rebellious phase all through my twenties was just like, fuck it then I'm going to go wild. Y'all can stay with your whatever. Yeah. Protestant in weird line ass, with yeah, your, yeah, conceptions beliefs. of what you're supposed yeah. to do. I'm gonna go ham. Yeah, <laughs> and so I then did. It's so interesting that you did that, and then now. So I, a big chapter, a big bookmark there, and before and after time, uh, kind of BC, you know, eighty time was ha- having lost my sister. Okay, and having a real come to Jesus with my goddamn self. Got it. Of like, who am I? What do I want to be doing? And my career didn't suit me right my relationship pattern didn't suit me i up and left i moved to portland i i dated um two 
people, two women, not at the same, like one after the yeah. other, having started comedy and still really reeling from grief for my sister mm-hmm. and realize I am doing a thing that I absolutely don't want to be doing anymore. Um, I liked being in relationships, mm-hmm. e- e- casual of every flavor, um, until I had this like real, yeah, like coming to Jesus moment yeah. of like, I don't actually enjoy being in a relationship. I feel burdened. I feel, um, I don't feel healthy. I'm not making healthy choices. Like I don't like who I am in this relationship. So dated one person and then another and realized I don't want to do this. And so I just stopped and I stopped for five years and now it's almost been six where I have not been in a relationship. And it's been in these last five years that I've realized that asexuality does suit me. This is a, this is um, a term that, that suits me very well, mm-hmm. that uh, addresses how I feel and how I express myself and what I'm most comfortable with when I'm most honest with myself is that I don't experience uh, a high key level of like sexual attraction or need mm. to connect sexually with people. And demisexuality being like close cousin to that is that like um, the attraction that I do feel is after a like foundation of friendship or relate of some kind of relationship yeah. uh, is formed. So someone that I know really, really well, I'm more likely to be like, do you want to bang it out? Versus <laughs> sure. someone that like a surf- uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man, I had a question and I just like flew out of my head. But now everything's different. I'm in LA now. Changed. It's a whole new landscape. Um, I've started. I've started back again. It's, <laughs> it's weird, y'all. Um, it's very weird. In terms of, I mean, I, I guess I relate to like the healing factor as well about like how beautiful it is to take the time for yourself in order to <clears throat> sort of reevaluate and then see what works for you. Because you said you started, you've started dating or being more interested in it a mm-hmm. little bit now, as yeah. opposed to like, yeah, um, was. Wow, I really did lose the question. <laughs> um, do you feel like the exploration that you had before your sister passed away, like, because I feel like it's helping me explore and understand my body and myself. And like, although I've gotten into some situations, you know, before this time and during this time where I'm like, ah, I don't know, that doesn't really suit me. Like now my viewpoint of it is, oh, it's okay. I'm still okay. My, mm-hmm. my, my body and myself and my person is still intact and it can be intact no matter what I do or no matter how I explore or feel. And that's been a crazy sort of lesson that I've learned that I still, I think, uh, like deal with and, and, yeah, and argue with myself s- about. Yeah. Try to sus. <laughs> yeah. Of like, oh, d- does this change my value or yeah. like, you know, does my identity change because I've made one choice or because I've decided to explore something or like, mm-hmm. you know, and and I don't think that that's been the case. Do you feel similarly of like your past experience that's gotten you now to this point? Very much. Mm-hmm. I think that there's this um, kind of overarching like uh, feeling and acceptance that like what you are is who you are no matter mm-hmm. what. And so whatever if you are something now that conflicts with what you were in the past, what you did in the past is invalid. Right. So bless his heart. One of my high school boyfriends uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> reached out to me recently, like relatively recently and just straight up. And we had like a little bit of a dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked a couple of times throughout the years. He was in like in the air force. He was like, send away boy. It was very romantical. 
Also <laughs> coincided with the movie Armageddon, which was like, <laughs> I think the reason that we were together. Uh, <laughs> it's an amazing movie. Right? Yeah. Because it's like, he's away and yeah. you're like, it's romantic. Uh, <laughs> we talked a couple of times and he's asked me, and this isn't the first or last time this happened, but like, especially men that I've had relationships with in the past are like, were you gay <laughs> then? <laughs> Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Somehow it like. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but that's I'm interesting because so I feel like gay. I might have asked that question. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, I don't think I've, it's. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's. Yeah. I don't think it's bananas to ask that. Right. No. But it's just like. like it's did you just, hate me? This yeah. whole, Was this any of this valid? Right. Like somehow it becomes a personal attack. Like they did something wrong. It's like, it wasn't about you, bro. Like, <gasps> right. I did that, a whole girls episode on that. And thing? I didn't yeah. even conceptualize that until. Now, the other side, right? Because yeah. I think about it and like, yeah. Sure. What a relationship with you. I was in that too. We were right. in it. Right. There. Right. But yeah, did I know everything about myself? No. Did you? Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> sure. No, we just, right. we were at that time in our life that we wanted to be together. Or And some of that definitely was kind of societal normalization. Sure, sure, sure. But that doesn't make it invalid. Right. We still wrote each other like letters. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was so real. Right. I just didn't know everything about, oh, can you imagine just being a Pokemon that never evolved? Like, yeah. <laughs> you're just going to say Eevee forever? Yeah. Forever? Forever. <laughs> well, dope then. Get after it. But yeah. I found some choices on this tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I've been exploring. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it doesn't invalidate it. Um, yeah. But I love that it, it is like a, a journey and the point that you made that you can identify differently at different times. And yeah, that it's, yeah, it's, it's based on like life and experience and how yeah. you're feeling and that it doesn't have to be because I think like my conception of identity and sexuality was so rooted in this is the thing that you are mm-hmm. and you're supposed to be your whole life. And you're supposed and, to have known. And you're supposed to have known. Yeah. And there's nothing else that exists out there. Like you're not supposed to do anything else like yeah. those other desires that are in there are bad they're evil they're not or supposed weak. to or weak. yeah mm, that's a good one mm-hmm. uh yeah wishy-washy in some kind of way yeah of all you should probably figure out sus who you are right and get right yeah get right get in yeah. line yeah. don't yeah, yeah like but yeah. operating under that logic mm-hmm. right y- you would never stop dating the first person you dated right mm. <laughs> and yeah. even if it's not the same person but the same type of person if right. that were true then you would stay, remember the first person you had any kind of like sexual or romantic chemistry with, Mm -hmm. if that were true, you would never stop dating people like Dave (laughs) in eighth grade. You know what I mean? Right. Which is bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I like different types of guys now. Of course you do. I like different types of people now too. Right. That's not weird. Right. (laughs) That is very normal. Yeah. The other side of that is how much bigotry and hatred mm-hmm. um, and violence uh, people I- in the community face, and and the Which I feel like is a lot murder of fear of, based. Yeah, yeah. Women of color, the, the mm-hmm. murder of trans women of color, the the uh, the violence we face is hinged upon somehow that it's trickery, or somehow that somehow that there's uh, deception, the mm-hmm. gay panic uh, and trans panic defenses still a thing you can say um and so much of that acceptance hinges upon i am this i've always been this and that sturdiness in it and i absolutely like i'm here for that and support that entirely right because that's how we get to make the progress i don't think that we're necessarily ready as Mm -hmm. a society to accept that things are fluid (laughs) 
which is the grossest word, and I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Moist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, we're change. getting, yeah. we're getting yeah. closer. Like, I will ferociously fight blood and tears and sweat for anyone uh, identifying um, in the way that they identify. Yeah. Being exactly who they are. Yeah. But I also have a different path and that's mm-hmm. fine. It's, it's the, like, it's this radical concept that people are different. And again, it's right. that Dr. Seuss, like, <laughs> did we forget people are different? Some people right. are this and they are this from birth and that is yeah. exactly they are. And then some people have a wild time. With it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For anybody out yeah. there that's like I having, that. I mean, I, I, I think you explained it very well, but something that resonated with me is like, I've mm-hmm. had mostly the same identity my entire life on that <laughs> side of things, but I have had career changes where See, there's a certain point in my you, life where I'm like, I no longer want to do the thing I thought I wanted to do. And five you years identify ago. so strongly in that when you were and in that's it. Okay, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So anybody yeah. out there that's like, it's like, hey, yeah. you probably changed your mind one time. Yeah. yeah like, Somehow, what are the weirdest big like bigotry things like hinges on like, well, what if a trans man or trans woman decides later that they're not then fucking whatever like right shouldn't hinge like you don't on have the to... basic human rights yeah that are given and taken away today and it's not that it happens even like, right it's not based in fact like it's just that like well what if it's differently then it's fucking differently right like that's fine yeah but it's that refusal of no you should have you should have known well and i think the 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 thing that always comes up for me when people get, get so anxious and upset about identifying other it people is those it's like two <laughs> it's like it's whatever they're st- it's stirring inside of them so i think we can some people can say that they're super rigid in their identity and yeah. that's amazing but I also <laughs> you stir like we all have stuff stirring inside of you know ourselves and like yeah. i know even for me like i remember uh, like uh, like I would get turned on by seeing women or something and totally. I pushed it away for a really long time because I was like, this is wrong. Taboo, I'm shame, not, shame. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a heterosexual person, you know? And, and so until I started experimenting with women and understanding like really where I lay on the spectrum, I was like very uncomfortable and like sort of like in my head kind of opposed to like well that's their thing yeah. that's over there that yeah. has to like stay yeah. away very much. and like I can accept you but like I don't want to no it's not mine yeah yeah and I think that unfortunately goes hand in hand with like by invisibility as mm-hmm. well is that if you are in any way like femme presenting yeah. and happen to have a relationship with someone who is male presenting mm-hmm. or butch presenting it's like okay I get it you guys are just like us and you're normal and that's fine and that's yeah. okay anything outside of that is like yeah I can't tell you the number of times I've had the weirdest interactions with like I presume uh, questioning their sexuality women who are aggressively like dismissive or uncomfortable mm-hmm. because of the way that I present and what that represents to them. I, I, absolutely. Yeah. Because it like challenges yeah. my own understanding of yeah. my femininity and yeah. like, what that means. And yeah, my sexuality. Which yeah. Is so yeah. And my presentation has so much more to do with gender than it does with sexuality. Uh-huh. Like It's right. just that, Oh yeah. If you're a male and a female, <laughs> I am. Yeah, perfect in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. right. Um, I think the last thing that I would love to talk about, just to touch on, is uh, we sort of talked about your journey with comedy, but I yeah. feel like 
just a little bit of what you've described and sort of the material that you do, like, ha, like, did it create a better permissibility for this exploration and, and just like owning in such an, like a like hardcore way of like, this is who I am. And I get to show that to you now. Um, and Definitely. like, yeah. Part of how like I write and write comedy is exploration of a topic. Like, um, I used to teach this class in Portland with one of my good friends, Alex Pacone, and we talk about when, you, like, within the process of writing comedy, you, like, identify your topic that you want to talk about, and then I like to give, like, the kind of, like, visual metaphor of, like, picking it up out of the dirt as if it was the most beautiful diamond you ever saw in your life and turning it around and looking at it from every single facet and mm-hmm. looking at it from all the different sides, and how I write comedy is that, too, is, like, exploring every perspective into a topic, mm-hmm. and so when it comes to gender and sexuality when it comes to presentation when it comes to like my place and acceptance and demand for acceptance in society it it comes from a well-grounded place because of that process of being able to pick it up and turn it around yeah the other side of that is i am never not fascinated uh with how i'm regarded Mm. in a scene not just by bookers you know what i mean like people who will fuck with me and put me on a show but by other comedians as well the more butch presenting i am the more privilege that I experience because I'm regarded more as a male prototype, as a male counterpart, as a male correspondent. The more I am femme presenting or or just less butch dude, the more bullshit abuse and garbage that I get. And this goes not only for stand-up, but like the most concise example I can give is like going through the uh, TSA at the airport. If I am, and God bless every single one of us that go through half cocked into TSA, <laughs> hung over, no sleep, but yeah, whatever your situation is, we are all here for each other. And I just don't think we should be calling each other Miss and Sir or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to spell with it to be like, person, what are you doing? <laughs> but I notice an absolute difference if I get Sirred in line versus mm. if I get ma'am. It is a night and day experience. And the same thing happens in stand-up. The more that I'm regarded uh, as a, a male counterpart, the more privileged I get. The more uh, I navigate easily throughout the scene. Uh, it's not a, oh, there's a special, there's an asterisk in the room, there's something else. But when I am clocked is like queer other than that, then it's a whole thing. And then it's like, yeah. oh, well, you probably, you know, it's like very special treatment, a very different, different experience. Very, very different Interesting. experience. Interesting. Yeah. That's fascinating. Uh, have you found any pattern with is that based on how you dress or like how you feel in that moment or mm-hmm. is it the crowd and the like bookers how they decide that all they want to perceive you all the factors yeah. I like being introduced the only time that I'm like picky about pronouns and I am like talked about like I'm greedy about pronouns I, yeah. I don't have a chosen one I think they're all I don't know call me she can call me him I don't care uh, yeah <laughs> I like being introduced as they them mm-hmm just to give me the chance for the audience not to already be mad that it's a lady and that is the most like internalized misogyny and external misogyny in the world they know it's a lady coming up and there's already 15 thoughts in their heads about oh it's gonna be a lady or yay it's gonna be a lady or oh we'll see about ladies or but you know what i mean it's it's all that thing and i like the only request i usually make of like bookers being introduced to the show is just say to them give me the benefit of the doubt let me let me be the boss of my boat mm-hmm. <laughs> and let and navigate how I want to be perceived. Um, it's it's not that it's bad when I'm she heard sure. at all. It's just there is a Different. distinct 
difference. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. It's weird. That's so fascinating. I wonder, because the thing that comes up for me when, when you say that is when I... And I guess this is my internalized sort of misogyny and and my perception of the genders is like when I see a man, there is an automatic perception of they're not going to be fucked with. I can't fuck with them. There is a strength that's perceptive. They're inherent. inherent. There is like, uh, yeah, they're not going to be pushed around. But when it's a woman, there is an overarching automatic, well, there's, leeway goes full circles mm-hmm. mutability adaptability yeah. and those are wonderful qualities to be uh able to interpret signals and signs <laughs> and be able right. to uh, adapt accordingly sure. that are wonderful things but we assign weakness and frailty yes. uh and invalid like invalidate those in some kind of way absolutely and utilize them in manipulation yeah tactics or yeah completely yeah yeah that's so interesting it's a weird the, uh, the only thing like the last thing i'll say about it is like there is a part of me that is absolutely split that is in constant conflict of like, I was socialized as a woman. I grew up um, like in this way of female identifying, women identifying, girl, well, yeah, more girl, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) identifying. And there's a big part of me that doesn't want that to be betrayed. Mm. Like, I don't want to lose that part of me. Absolutely. And it's important. Um, Like, Rhea Butcher came out as non-binary as well, like, Mm -hmm. earlier this year. And her tweet, like, or their tweet like completely encapsulated exactly how I felt about it. And they were like, identify with women. I do not identify as women. I was like, mm. get it. <laughs> That's perfect. You did it. Yeah. They yeah. said it perfect. Like yeah. that, that was exactly it. And it's like, I don't I have a part of me that like never wants to betray that part of me. Cause it is a part of me. And is as is a male inherent male part of me as yeah. well. They're doing fine though. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> They're doing fine. I do joke with um, a number of like like male friends uh, that I need to be a leader in this community and I exist <laughs> to show them what healthy masculinity looks like. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Just be like, That's cool, good. dude. Just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> do better. That. Yeah. Um, you're amazing. Thank you so much Thank for you. taking Thank time so to much. be here. Um, where can people find you? Where are you performing coming up so that people can? I am come uh, at Uncle. At I am at Uncle Kate uh, <laughs> across all platforms. And, and respond. it's C A I T. It is. Mm-hmm. I respond readily to Coach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that is, yeah, C-A-I-T. I will be in Boise Ooh. again. I fell in love with Boise this year. Yeah? I don't know what's going to work out. It's super cool. I've never I been, but yeah. I didn't think I was going to. Uh, I'll be there for a little Pride event with Joel Kim Booster on the 12th. And I'll be cool. in Seattle on the 27th with also Joel Kim Booster. Amazing. <laughs> I'm in Seattle and I am doing Todd Masterson show on the 20th in June. Uh, and I'll be in Portland again. Ha <laughs> ha! You fool said I wasn't going to come back. <laughs> I keep swearing. I'm like, this is it. I'm never coming back. I'm coming back. Yeah. Uh, July 5th, I'm doing oh, a amazing. sneakerhead show called Colorways. Amazing. <laughs> Very exciting. Very yeah, cool. July 5th in Portland. Yeah. Awesome. Um, are you performing in Los Angeles anytime? Oh, yeah. Probably should say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know the city that we're oh, in? Man. Uh, Stupid Smart Kids on the 19th of June with uh, Emily Krauser's show. Uh, Todd Masterson's on the 20th. And some other stuff. Uh, oh, uh, on deck. We're doing this, you know, um, at the Blue Rooster, like, Faded is there. It's like 
uh, Mike Malloy's kind of family. Okay. So we're doing it at World Series of On Deck. Like it's a baseball themed show. Oh, amazing. So we have uh, our tourney bracket and <laughs> July 13th. So oh, come cool. to On Deck. Okay. It's super fun. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you're Thank a delight. You. And you're a delight. Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> I got like a super cut of all of your ooh boys. Um, I, like who doesn't have a smile on their face after listening to that? Yeah, I don't. So yeah, I don't think anybody. Um, well, thank you, Kaylin, again for coming on and just being your amazing self. Uh, please follow us on all social media platforms at finding my yum podcast um, send us an email we are always looking for guests finding my yum at gmail.com please subscribe to us write a review on uh, iTunes or whatever you listen to podcasts it's really 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 helpful just reach out and say hi we've been getting a lot of feedback lately through yeah, Instagram which is cool which has been lovely yeah. so yes you are heard um, I'm excited to interact with you guys so Keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. See you next week.